Hey y'all. And welcome back to blush you the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm your host, Callie, and I'm here with my co-host Elise. Hello. I would love to like do a compilation of all of my hellos because I feel like most, most of the time it's hello, hello to the point where if someone doesn't answer me immediately, I write in H E L L E R as if they're supposed to know what that means. Hello. I love it. Yeah. So that's a great habit I've picked up. Thanks to this podcast and thanks to you. Um, You're welcome. Speaking of the podcast today, we're going to be talking about change and how much everyone hates it, except for me. I promise I'm not going to be biased. I understand that I embrace change maybe a little better than most, which is one of my superpowers. Yes. But I also acknowledge that it can be hard even for someone like me who likes it. And I know that a lot of people despise it. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm in, I'm excited to, to hear about this one and to talk through this one because I, I can't decide if typically I would consider myself someone who does not like change at all. Cause I'm rigid as hell, but I feel like maybe I'm going through a season where Callie's rubbing off on me and maybe I'm like a little bit okay with change. Ooh, well, I mean, I'm staring at you in the face right now and a lot has changed. So maybe we should go into our sparkles because I feel like this is the perfect segue. Perfect. Um, my sparkle is I'm now a redhead, which is very exciting. Um, both my brother and my mom have red hair and they've always had very like, pronounced red hair and I've always been so jealous of it and I always have said like one day I will finally like dye my hair red and I've been going to the same hairdresser for like I'm laughing because I'm literally looking outside and Carl's practicing his swing outside it's just so fucking funny practicing what his swing he like thinks he's a fucking golf pro and he's not but like he's out there all the time I was imagining a baseball swing and then I was like, maybe it's a pickleball swing. Cause of course the world world revolves around me. So if I'm playing pickleball, then everybody. Oh yeah. I just can't help. I'm, I'm one of those people who makes fun of my husband all the time. I don't know if that's like a common thing, but well, how else could you get through life? Truly, truly. Um, okay. So anyway, sorry, I got distracted because he's out there just making me laugh. Um, So I dyed my hair red. It's been something that I've wanted to do for a very long time. My hairdresser has known that I've always wanted to do it. And then she last time was like, Hey, like, why don't we do something crazy? And I was like, I think I need to prepare for this. So let's just keep it how it is. And then remember last time I texted you, I was like, should I dye hair red? And then you were in crisis mode. And I was like, what? Let's not do that yet. I was thinking to myself, I was like, it's going to turn out pink. Like with the way things are going for her, she's going to be Frenchy from Greece. Drop out of beauty school. Yes. You know, have the worst significant other out of the whole cast. Like it's Uh, just not going to work. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. We, we held off on making any significant changes when my life was a dumpster fire, but now that things have cooled down a little bit and my fingers healing, I was like, I think I have the confidence and courage to like do something crazy. So I'm now a redhead and I'm proud of it. It's very exciting. And I've had two people actually ask me if this is my natural hair color, which I feel like tells me that I'm pulling it off. 
you're definitely pulling it off. Your skin tone is one of those that can pull off any shade of hair. My grandmother has the same skin. Like she actually doesn't know what her natural hair color is. She like, I mean, she's, you know, she's a little older and she went completely gray at like age 19 or something. So oh, she's, cool. oh, I know. So she's had every hair color under the sun and claims she can't remember her natural hair color. But anyway, you are one of those people that can pull it off. My skin tone is already red. Like if I dyed my hair red, I would just look like a giant strawberry. Yeah. It would yeah. not be good. You are, you are very like, you have like a red, you definitely have red undertones. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what my skin tone is because I'm like peach, peach, but translucent peach. Well, it's what- just cool toned. You, I think you have cool skin yes. peach undertones, which I think supports every single hair color, whereas mine is warm yeah, with yeah. red undertone. So I have to have a very specific shade of brown and it would have to be warm, mm-hmm. which like warm brown, I think is kind of hard to, you'd have to put highlights in there. So I'm lazy and I'm like, no, blonde, warm blonde will just, I'm not touching it. It'll do. It'll, It'll do. It's fine. Whatever. I love it. So all of this to say, my sparkle is for everybody to create a bucket bucket list, which I love. I've been telling all of my clients this week. I'm like, what's in your fucking bucket list? Let's do that. And it's fun. I might get my ear, my double ears pierced. Do you have your ears pierced? Um, yeah, but that's not going to be on my fucking bucket list. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't like how it looks, but I had to get my ears pierced three different times because any foreign object coming into my body, my body's like, nope. No, like when I had my IUD in, I literally had contractions. Like Wait, my body tried to give labor. To I my- have to, I have to ask, have yeah. you ever had a colonic? What the fuck is that? Kelly, you don't know what a colonic is. They basically put a tube up your butthole and flush you out with warm saline. And it's literally the most uncomfortable and most disgusting thing ever. Also, my mom actually went with me to get a colonic, like a year ago and she took a picture of me getting a clonic. Ew. <laughs> there you couldn't you can't see anything. There's like literally a blanket covering you, but it's like you're in this big machine. Why would I want to do this? I it's really good for your body. It's like a great detox, but you're healthy as fuck. So like I've done every and this was when I was like 12 and I was exercising like crazy. And like, I had to, I got it done at Claire's or whatever, like twice yeah. and it kept getting infected and closing up. So I went to the doctor's office because, and I swear to God, it was mandatory to be on like a certain dance team to have your ears pierced, which is just bananas that they would enforce something like that. So I finally had to like pull the plug and just like go to the doctor and get my ears pierced. So I love the double piercings and the cartilage and the nose piercings. Like I am pro, I think so many people look adorable. I actually haven't seen piercings that I haven't stopped and been like, wow, that looks really cool. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't gonna happen with me. Like I would probably end up in the hospital with like my ear falling off if I tried anything else. So your body's rejecting it. My body rejects. I, I, that's so funny. I'm sitting here being like, I love change. And then I'm like, I'm not dying my hair. No piercing, no tattoos. Yeah. Who are we? Did we switch I spots? I guess so. Maybe like physically, I don't like change because my body is so conservative and boring. <laughs> like if I got a tattoo, it'd probably get infected. Also, I'm flaky as hell. So the idea of like putting something like an ink on my body. Oh God. I would, the next day I'd be like, ew, what is this? Like I'd hate it. So no. Well, the good news is you can get tattoos removed. Carl has had a plenty of horrific tattoos. He got a, he had a fucking dragon on his forearm that we called puff and 
he got that shit taken off because I was like, I cannot marry you if you have a very large dragon on your forearm. So we got to get that taken care of. That's so funny. Andrew has one. He'll, I think we've talked about this already. He's going to get a few more, which is fine. Again, I'm a little bit jealous, but also again, as we covered, I am flaky and I am sensitive. So not a good, not a good combo. Okay. I love this fuck it bucket list. I challenge everyone listening to create their own. Frankly, I challenge myself to create one, but I'm a little stumped because so far everything's a no. Great. Okay. What's your sparkle? Well, I, I don't know. I was having this conversation with my friend, Emily. She better be listening. Um, maybe last week. So maybe this is a little bit of cheater. Nah, it happened this week too, but basically about how much work it takes to be a healthy human being. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I've, you know, we got, Andrew got a job. It was a while ago, but he's, you know, working for a big tent company, got that good insurance. And so it was like, okay, you know, I'm vaccinated and I have natural immunity. So I'm not scared of going to like doctor's offices and all this shit. And I got the insurance that will pay for everything. So I'm like getting my tune up, right? I'm going to the dentist. I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to the fertility doctor, which by the way, Wendy is a hard ass. So <laughs> I think we talked about that last week, but like every specialist I go to, is, oh my God. And the acupuncturist, we talked about this last week. It's like drink warm water. Don't drink sparkly water. Floss every second of every day brush your teeth 24 seven. And if you miss one time, you're going to die of gum disease. And it's just like all of the advice we're getting. I mean, I just, I think we have to take a second to appreciate the fact that we're all still alive because the amount of work that goes into being quote, a healthy human being is like so unattainable. But can I just say like cavemen and fucking shit back in the day, like People literally shit without toilet paper. Like yeah, but they-, they also died at age 30. So I don't know. Oh, that's true. Okay. Um, fair, they, fair, fair. Yeah, like they kind of, you know, Benjamin Franklin was like the oldest dude ever. And that was like, whoa, you know, we're making fun <laughs> of grandpa's an old cat. I mean, he was old and that was, you know, 70. anyway. So, I mean, I hear you, but like they did drop dead pretty quickly. <laughs> So it's good that we're doing these things, but it's just so daunting. Like yeah, exercise 45 minutes a day, five to seven times a week, drink a, a million gallons of water to where you don't have time to exercise because you're peeing all day. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you're not brushing your teeth after every single time you put something in your mouth, you're going to hell. And you drink, if you drink much. alcohol, you die. It's too much. It truly is too much. Have you seen suicide squad? Of course. Second one. Yes. You remember when she's like, if you mismatch blacks, you die. <laughs> I feel like that is my entire life right now. It's like, it's just too rigid for me. So anyway, my sparkle is a shout out to all of us who are brushing the teethies and are going to the doctor and are exercising and are drinking our water and are trying our best. Cause this shit is exhausting. But I also feel like to your point, I feel like it's easier to do those things when you don't have like the fear of God in you about doing those things, you know, like, I feel like it's easier to not drink alcohol. If you just are like, "Mm, maybe I'll not drink tonight versus like, someone's like, you cannot drink. Like if you're, if someone's like, you can't have chocolate, 
Oh, like, my answer is want to bet. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, then you want it more because someone told you that you can't have it. It's like, I just need compelling reasons behind, um, black or white rules. If there is yeah. like a very clear reason and evidence to support it, then I'll accept it. But if people are just throwing shit up at the wall to see what sticks, I ain't got no time for that. Like experiment on someone else. So, yeah, you know, it's too much for me. I'm very glad I talked to my fertility doctor this week and he was very lax. He yeah. Was- Elise's fertility doctor is like smoke reefer and drink bottles of wine and you'll be fine. And mine is like, you piece of shit. You better, <laughs> you better stop eating all that goddamn garbage. You're horrible. Like she's so intense. Honestly, I, I talked to doc, my IVF doctor's name is Dr. Kaufman in Fort Worth. He's literally, we text sometimes I'm obsessed with him. He's amazing. But he was like, look, smoke all the weed, drink all the drink, eat whatever the fuck you want, have fun, live life. And we going to make a baby. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, like, God. and then Callie's just like, in Again, the sad it's corner. Harley, Harley Quinn. If you drink alcohol, you die. If you eat dairy, you die. If you don't exercise, you die. <laughs> it's just so over the top. I'm like, Wendy, chill, lady. I'm like, actually, tears are coming down my face because I'm just dying because of all the people, I'm actually way more fucking rigid than you are. And the fact that you have the rigid regimen and I have like the super fucking lax, it's like just I know. hilarious. I feel like I got the tough professor and everyone else got the blow off course. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to break my back just to get an A. I think I probably, I'm obviously if I said this last week, I'm still not over it. So, so, yeah. so sorry about it. Um, but yeah, uh, to be honest, Wendy's going to be good for me. So, I mean, not in that sense, but I think she's like a smart ass bitch. So let's do this. But yeah. yeah, anyway, sparkle is shout out to everyone who's like doing the things or trying to do the things, because I'll be the first to tell you, it's just, it's just a lot to be a full functioning quote, healthy adult. Yep. <sighs> I just think we just got to do our best. You know, we got to do our best. I'm just one of those people who don't think that extremes are healthy or that one little thing will move the needle. I think it's just all a balancing act and it's about long-term sustainable habits. So clearly I'm in the throes of trying to figure out what that means for me because again, you die. So just, well, I'll get back to you. All right. Let's dig into the letter. Yeah. We ready? be ready. Actually, I'm not ready. I got to pull it up. Okay. We're here. Let me get it. Okay. Dear blush. I hate change. I hate it so much. And I think it's starting to really hold me back in life. I know you guys crave details. So here they are. I'm 33 and met my now husband when I was 18 and decided, boom, that's it. He's the one no need to bother dating anyone else ever again. Right after college, he went and explored life on the other side of the country, and we stayed long distance while I moved back to my hometown and bought a house. I had one starter job, and after that, I landed at my current job and have been there for about a decade. After my husband moved to my hometown, we got married, and we now have two children who I adore more than anything. These choices have made me very happy. My life is secure, stable, and fulfilling. I've never felt like I need change in my life because why fix what isn't broken until my job became a problem. 
I work for a woman who owns her own business and I knew her before I started working for her. Immediately after being hired, she started treating me like a daughter and we became very close. She had a special role in my wedding and has been there for me through all of life's milestones. The problem is she's a horrible business owner and she pays me significantly less than I'm worth and hasn't given me a raise in about five years. And she expects me to treat the business as if it's my own. My husband is sick of it. I barely make enough to cover childcare, but I really don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. He's tired of my boss taking advantage of me, and I'm tired of going to work for someone who can barely manage a team, let alone run a business. However, if I leave, she will be devastated and the business will go under. I'm the glue holding everything together, and she reminds me of that daily. I'm currently in a final round interview for a new job that I think I'd be really good at. It pays significantly more than I make now. It offers amazing benefits and they think I'm almost overqualified for the job given my experience. Little do they know I'm making barely anything right now, but of course I'm sick over it. I'm racked with guilt over disappointing my boss. I'm scared about not liking this new job and changing things up. What if I don't like it? What if this is all a mistake? What if my boss never talks to me again and never forgives me for ruining her business? What if it turns out I'm not as quali- not qualified because I've been doing things wrong this whole time and I end up getting fired because I can't keep up? I don't know what to do. I hate change so much and I want to all I want to do is forget this ever happened and go back to the way things were, but the problem is I can't. My family deserves more, but I'm just not sure I can do it. How can I move past this and embrace change as a positive instead of a negative? And it's from change is scary. Who change is scary. Change can be scary. I can acknowledge that. All right. Well, there's so much to answer here that, but I, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? Um, okay. Let's go with take the job. <laughs> like this is a no brainer. I love situations like this. Cause it's like, I am 100% sure you take the new job. Like yes. this is not even 80, an 80, 20, 90, 10 situation. This is a 100% you take the job. 0% you stay where you are. Totally. So if we're going to, you know, start approaching change in, you know, our lives or your specific life, this is a great place to start because this is such a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Like we're not even in the shade of gray here. So, I mean, I guess assuming you get the job, which it sounds like you're probably well positioned for it. If they think that they're getting a catch with you because you're so quote overqualified and you think you're landing the big fish with them because they pay well and have great benefits. And it sounds like you've earned that you've been in your niche. What for, I guess over a decade, I don't know what her first job was, but it seems like she's been doing this for a long time. So I understand that there might be a learning curve as there is with every job. Not that I'm that familiar with this anymore, Um, but even just watching Andrew start a new job with something that he is, I mean, he was just the perfect hire for this. It couldn't have been a better fit. And even he was like, (gasps) you know, trying to keep up because there's just different policies and different cultural norms and all these different things that you have to, you know, digest very quickly. So I get that it can be intimidating. You're in for probably maybe a bumpy first month to three months. Um, but you'll adjust because that's what humans do. We are Mm -hmm. literally born to adjust to new situations. That's Mm -hmm. how our entire race has survived. (laughs) If we didn't adapt, we die. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love that I keep going with this. <gasps> Don't adapt, you die. So you're going to, it's just your program to do it, which is nice. Like you could go on autopilot and you could still figure this out. Um, I know. Okay. I think I know the answer of how can I move past this and embrace change as a positive instead of a, a negative. But if I get into this, I think I'm going to be talking for an hour. So at least I want to hear what you think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, is it really about change or is it really about her feeling like she's letting down her boss? It's probably both. Yeah. I mean, yeah, change is scary, but I also feel like if you've established a relationship and a decade's a long time, like it is, that's like a really long time to have someone in your life in a significant capacity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know, I, a lot of thoughts, but I wonder, I wonder so much, like, is she maybe like excited and just nervous about the new job because it's the unknown and it's something, you know, it's like totally new thing. And she's been in the same routine and the same business, working with the same people for a long time. But I feel like, you know, the part of having to have that conversation with her boss, who's obviously someone very significant in her life. I'm sure that's at least what what I would think would be like the really heavy part of what she's navigating. Yeah, I, I do. I think that's probably the harder part, but I still think it's both. And the reason why is because this listener knows her shit and gave us a bunch of details and noticed I married the guy. I started dating when I was 18, not saying he wasn't the right person for her, but like, that is pretty solid decision-making Yeah, to be like, you're it. Uh, That happened a lot with the people I went to college with. It was actually very uh, common for people to like, start dating freshman year and like get married to that person. Clearly that's not how it worked out for me. Um, but that to me sounds like someone who's very, you know, not necessarily like settling or, or just saying this, but I, or adverse to change, but mm-hmm. someone who's very confident in decision-making. Yes. And once they make a decision, they stick with it and then notice, okay, he went off and then she stayed and bought a house because she knew she wanted to live in her hometown, bought a house, started roots. Like this is someone who's not mm-hmm. only change adverse, but is very decisive. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I think this is breaking the mold here because she chose that boss and she chose this job and she chose it for 10 years. Yeah. And I, if it weren't the working conditions that she was in, I think she would have continued to choose it because that's what she does. And she does it in every other aspect of her life. Yes, I agree. Okay. Now I have it pulled up and I'm like rereading. I think I'm also reading I've ne- the... I've never felt like I need change in my life because why fix what's not broken? Mm-hmm. You necessarily don't have to have something like in shambles and broken to like want a change, mm-hmm. you know? And I also think, so I took a couple notes because I prepared for this just for two seconds, but, um, <laughs> which is not the norm, <laughs> but, um, all of her questions start with what if, And I tell every single one of my clients that if you're starting a sentence with what if, that means it's a sentence that is coming from a place of being anxious, Mm -hmm. right? Because all of that is fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, things not being predictable, not being able to have certainty in what you're doing. So all of the questions that she was asking were all coming from a place of fear, which 
was one thing to note. And then also on the, I was really focused on the relationship between the two of them, because I feel like if that were my, if I, if I was putting myself in her shoes, that would be harder for me than the change piece of it. Yeah. But I'm awesome. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm the boss. I'm the best. I might not be the best business owner. <gasps> Don't project. This is, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm dying. No, but I just feel like if we they actually have should a- talk about this though. I think it's a great point that you're saying we could technically be in this position. Like technically this is like, it's the same hierarchy here. Like I mean, technically, close. but I like, like a daughter. Ugh. No. No, that's weird to me. Like we're more like sisters, like bestie sisters. But at the, I mean, I guess we could be in this situation. I mean, we couldn't because I'm literally like, you're stuck with me forever. But like, hypothetically speaking, like you are my boss and you hired me and we're also like very ingrained in each other's lives. Yes, but I will say, and I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but the reason I treat you as if you're in this forever is because you told me that's how you want to be treated. If you didn't have this like, passion. And it was more like, you're trying to figure it out. And that's why, like, frankly, some coaches are super invested and others aren't as invested because they're here for a good time, not a long time, which is completely acceptable. I don't expect everyone who walks through blushes door to be a lifer. Like that's just ridiculous. But the people who want to be lifers and communicate that to me, I'm going to treat you like one. Yes. And I also feel like the difference, like a difference between our dynamic professional and personal. And what I'm reading in this letter writer is like, you also care as much about my growth as I do. And I think that I like, you know, I think that you are, that's a priority for you just as much as it would be that it is for me. And I think what's, I'm not hearing in this letter writer is it sounds like this boss kind of it's working because she's, I don't want to say taking advantage of she is taking advantage. She is. She's let's just be fucking real. We got to the point of it, but she's, she's not, she's obviously not paying. If she's the glue that holds the fucking company together, she needs to be compensated for that. I completely agree. And I think you nailed it. I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to be like, I care about you as much as you care (laughs) about you. Cause that was just going to sound ridiculous, but you said it. Thank you for saying it. And you know, that was it that I think that is the key difference is that this boss, uh, you said, take advantage. I'm going to use the word manipulative. The fact that she immediately started treating her as a daughter, red flag. That's weird. Companies like rely on the whole quote, we're family here. It's like, no, you're not family. There is a difference between doing like playing the family card and then having a strong company culture that promotes, you know, inclusivity and promotes, you know, fostering a good relationship. Like those are two separate things. Like company culture is imperative for people to stick around, but Mm -hmm. family to me comes like family means guilt. Which sounds awful. I'm not trying to say that I'm a damaged person that my family like, you know, inflicts guilt on me all the time, but that's really what I'm getting from it. Mm -hmm. If your boss treats you like family, then your boss is guilting you to stay around because quote, blood is thicker than water. Like that's fucked up. And I, I'm also getting like super like power dynamic, manipulative dynamics with the letter writer and her boss, because I feel like if like, I feel like the fact that she didn't feel safe to come to her boss to let her know is red flag. Number one. Like if I was ever feeling like stagnant or like, I 
you know, felt like I wasn't being paid enough or what, like I would feel comfortable and safe to come to you and be like, hi, like, this is kind of where I'm at. And I know, you know, like we would be able to have that conversation and it wouldn't be like a threat to you or the company. Like you would be there to listen. Oh no, you're the golden goose. I'd be like, like, it's literally keep Elise happy at all costs. (laughs) That's like, anytime we have a meeting and you're not there and like, number one, how to keep Elise happy. Let's talk about keeping Elise happy because I'm not an idiot. I know that I would feel the same way as this boss if you left, but I also know you leaving would be my fault. It wouldn't be your fault. That'd be my fault because I wouldn't have created a good enough culture for you. I wouldn't have given you a platform to elevate. I wouldn't have compensated you enough. I don't, I don't know what it is, what it is you wouldn't have wanted, but that would, it's my fault. It's not your fault. But that's the thing. I think as a, as a, boss it is like your job to create room for your employees to grow if they want that opportunity and that's what I've so appreciated out of blush and you because I mean I didn't plan on you know when I joined blush I was like yeah I'm just gonna be a life coach and like maybe have a side job like another job too and like now I'm like in and I'm like here and I'm staying forever just so you know but that's the thing it's like you've really created like you there was not a role beyond life coaching for me at blush I kind of like created it and I was like hi I'm here and this is what I'm doing and you were like amazing how can I support you in that so that's that's the huge difference here I think in comparison like comparing our dynamic compared to this letter writer's dynamic Mm -hmm. because it sounds to me like her boss has kind of put her in a box and is making sure that she's happy in the box, but like she stays in the box. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like maybe I think you're being too generous to the boss. I feel like the boss is basically saying, be me, but I'm going to make money off of you and I'm not going to pay you what you're worth. But I'm like, she is saying to this letter writer, the buck stops with you, which is complete bullshit. That would be like if I put the weight of blush on your shoulders every day and said, you're in charge, but you're not compensated for being in charge and you don't get the credit for being in charge. I'm not, I'm not signing over, you know, my equity to you. Like it's all of the pressure and all of the shit that I hate about being an owner without any of the perks. Yes. I mean, this is a toxic work environment. And 100%. I understand that this boss is important to you. Change is scary. I mean, damn, she was like, had a role in your wedding, which I don't understand how that works, but, <laughs> but whatever, like this is, this is toxic. And, and she is counting on you feeling guilty. She is counting on you feeling you know, responsible for this business to the point where she's quote, reminding you every day. And then you're sitting here with your stomach and knots thinking you're going to be the reason the business fails. Like, no, your boss is the reason the business fails. She's totally. the owner. I mean, this but she is knows manipulation. She, the boss knows what she's doing. Like she oh, knows, she, it, she knows exactly. She's not, she does not a fucking business owner and doesn't know that she's doing exactly what she needs to do to keep the peace. And she's probably taking advantage of the fact that she knows that the letter writer would never come to her and be like, Hey, I think I deserve more money. Like this, this gives me very like, like whenever I have situations or I'm around situations or hear of situations that remind me of like my ex-boyfriend, I get like these like tingles down my spine and like, I'm getting those. And like my ex-boyfriend was a narcissistic asshole. And so like, I'm definitely getting bad vibes here. And so I think, I mean, 
I think if we just cut to the chase, like I think she's got to take the new job and we can talk about the change aspects and how to make that like positive and not scary as fuck in a second. But I really do think that the relationship, if the relationship has been built on what you have to offer and what you can provide for your boss, then you just have to know that when when you're not in the role to provide anything, then you're not going to have a relationship and it's going to blow up and it's, you're probably, it's going to probably be nasty and it is what it is. You got to count your losses because if someone's not going to be in your life, if someone's only in your life because of what you can provide to them, then that's a contingent relationship and contingent relationships never work out because one day there's going to be a time in your life where everything fucking blows up, AKA 2021 for Elise Dean. And there was plenty of times where I've texted you and been like, I can't function and I can't do my job. And I'm sorry. And you were like, cool, amazing. I got your back. Don't worry. You know? And like, that's not the relationship dynamic that I'm getting from this letter writer. Oh no, not at all. And you're, you're dead right about the fact that the second she puts in her notice is the second that relationship deteriorates. I I would take that as a win. I mean, you're going to feel a weight lifted off your shoulders. Once the storm passes, it's going to be lovely not to have the anxiety of, you know, what is this woman going to say to me today? What guilt trip am I going to be met with when I walk in the door? I mean, God, why would you even miss that? Um, so much pressure, so too much pressure. One point that I want to make is that we don't know if she's asked for more money. We don't Mm. know if she's asked for a raise. I'm, I'm not going to say that she hasn't because she doesn't like say I asked and she said, no, she just says, this is what I'm paid. And I haven't gotten a raise in five years. We don't know if conversation. I actually have a question because this has come up plenty of times with a lot of my clients. Is it, is it the employer's like responsibility to advocate for that, like a raise if they feel like they need one, or is that like, I guess I've only been in corporate environments. So it's always, you know, like, I don't know. It depends. It really depends. I think with small businesses, it's probably going to be a little bit of both. It's going to be the employer raising their hand and saying, Hey, I need a raise. It's time. And the employee, you know, or sorry, the employee saying that and the employer being like, all right, let's figure this out. And you know, it's just a conversation with big companies. There's typically a calendar that actually tells you when you're eligible for a raise and you have to meet certain qualifications in order to get Mm. there. But like HR would just be flooded with inquiries if you could just get a raise whenever you wanted. So they normally have like once a quarter or, you know, twice a year, even once a year where it's kind of like, it's kind of like open enrollment with healthcare. It's like open enrollment for a raise and Mm. you're on a schedule and you can go and kind of state your case and give a presentation or do whatever. So companies have like different ways of, of going about it, but it's usually not like shooting from the hip a free for all when you're at a bigger company. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like in this situation, I would hope that her boss would be like, Hey, you add such value. Like I, I know how much value I add to blush because you tell me all the time, you know, like I do. I feel, you know, like, I just feel like in those conversations where she's putting the weight of the company on the letter writer all the time, like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, she's a horrible business owner is what this yeah. person's saying. I mean, I'm not coming to that. I mean, I would say that anyway, but she's saying business owner. I'm actually thinking she's a brilliant business owner in the sense that she manipulates her employees. So maybe she's bad fiscally. Like maybe the company just doesn't do well or something and there's not even enough money to pay her. I, I really don't know. 
Um, I could guess, but frankly, it doesn't matter because we've already hopefully sold you change is scary that you need to take this job and don't look back and don't regret the fact that this relationship is going to be in the dust yeah. because it's not going to be salvageable. Um, and you, I don't even know if you should try and salvage it. I mean, someone who's taken advantage of you for a decade, not just, you know, from a financial standpoint, but also from like, frankly, an abusive power standpoint, like yeah. trying to put you in a position where you're in charge of everything, but you're not compensated like fuck that so I am all about taking this job and not looking back I want to let's see here I said earlier I think I know how to move past you know thinking that change is negative and Elise already touched on that but your questions are all negative so what about talking about the good possibilities so what if I don't like it becomes, what if I love it? Um, what if this is all a mistake? What if this is the best thing I ever do? Callie, uh, are you basically retelling my story? Maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it is. is. I'm the farmer. Okay. <laughs> what if it turns out I'm not qualified because I've been doing things wrong this whole time? What if it turns out you actually are overqualified, which is what they're telling you, and you knock it out of the park immediately? Um, what if I end up getting fired because I can't keep up? What if you end up getting promoted really Ooh, quickly? I'm like, I'm like so getting well. very excited by all of these reframes. Right? Like, I mean, I don't understand how the negative things are the only like possibilities moving forward. Like there's so many positive things, but it's, it's all anxiety. It's coming from a place of fear. Nothing about anxiety and fear comes out happy. And like, you're not having anxiety. Like, well, what if I win a million dollars? What if I get pregnant naturally? What if my dog stops shitting and eating it and then throwing up? It's like, you don't, when you have anxiety, it doesn't come out that way. It's always the worst case scenario. So you can, totally. this is the, this always, always comes back to predictability equals safety and security. If you don't have a sense of predictability, you're grasping for it. And if you can't envision what that looks like, then you grasp to the negative. So you're preparing for the worst case scenario. So when it happens, it's not bad. Welcome to my it. fucking TED talk. That is done. Like <laughs> I, I can respect that, but can but you can also admit that this exercise could work. Could it could at least help totally. in the moment, right? Totally. Of like, I'm like let your anxiety talk, write it all out, and then try and change up a few words to make it a good thing. And yeah. so and so you're right. This is anxiety. And so my next question mentally was, okay, why? Like, why is she anxious? And to me, it kept coming back to a question of resiliency. Does she really think she's not resilient enough to handle this? Because I kind of want to go back through her like Rolodex of life here that she gave yeah. us. And like, first thing that jumps out is she was long distance with her husband for a little bit because he wanted to go see the world or whatever. That was a big change. Y'all met in college. I'm assuming you weren't long distance in college and you were obviously able to overcome that because you married. So, yeah. okay. And then start a job. You've already changed jobs before. This isn't your first job change. And the next one lasted for a decade. And I mean, all things considered, I guess that's a win. I don't know. This woman sounds too batshit for me to say it's a win, but still you seem to enjoy it enough if you stayed for 10 years. Um, and then the next big one, okay. She bought a house. That's a huge life change. Huge. Home ownership is the fucking worst. Everyone worst. knows that. And then the biggest one, dude, you had kids. Yeah. I can't imagine what a bigger life change kids are. Like 
part of me is so like, I obviously I'm fixated. Well, not fixated anymore. Honestly, I'm taking a breather from it, but like trying to have kids. Sometimes I forget about the fact that like, oh shit, <laughs> like, when, like, what are we going to do? This is, this going to suck? I mean, I don't have those anxious thoughts, but it's like, damn, this is going to be a huge life change. And I've kind of forgotten about that part because I have to focus on, you know, the first part, the part that most people don't focus on. I have to hyper-focus on. So yeah. I forget about the stuff that other people sometimes hyper-focus on, which is like, yeah. I don't know, baby proofing or something. I don't know what the hell you do to prepare, <laughs> whatever. And so point is you've already gone through the mother load, get it, of all changes yep. and of the biggest test of resiliency. And all you say is we now have two children who I adore more than anything. Boom. The end. Like, Clearly you didn't skip a beat there. So I don't understand where this self-doubt comes from. I don't understand mm. why you think you don't have the resiliency for change. I get that it's scary, but like, again, having two kids, I mean, good Lord, think about all the things that could go wrong there. Pregnancy mm. complications. People are scared of giving childbirth. What the hell do you do with a pooping, crying potato when you bring it home? Like, and then I don't know, being responsible for raising somebody like, telling them what the world is and how to be a good person. I mean, that just seems really daunting and overwhelming to me and like the biggest life change possible. So again, yeah. I'm confused. Like, where is this coming from? Yeah. I think, I mean, what you're saying is she hasn't, she's already been navigating change with a fucking her head up high and her shoulders back, but she's not acknowledging that that's change. Like you're really like handling change, like a boss ass bitch already. Totally. That's what I would say. I mean, this sounds, this reads like someone who maybe plays it safe. Okay, that's fine. We can say that. But still manages to like to hit it out of the park every time change comes her way. And she like handles it with grace and does pretty well with it. So, yeah. and it seems like you're still playing it safe with this new job. You're not like, you know, quitting your life and leaving your family behind to like go study abroad in India. I mean, you know, well, like we're not doing anything crazy here. Totally. I, I always talk to my clients about like, I look at, I'm very visual. So I look at like your life as in pillars, right? Like you have your family, you have your career, you have your hobbies, you have your friends, you have all of these different pillars in your life. And when one pillar is a shit show, you rely on your other pillars in life to be able to overcompensate and balance things out. It sounds to me like her career pillar is literally on fire, but there's like a rainbow coming out of the storm. But the good news is, is that her other pillars are super fucking stable and secure. So they're going to be able to off balance any like, I don't know the word that I'm thinking of, but like any sort of like, it, it's going to overcompensate and like, that's not so also the word. Instability. Yes. So you're saying any instability is going to be handled by the other pillars. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, I love this husband who's like, fuck this boss. Yeah. You deserve to make more. And, and here's the other thing that I was actually going to bring up. Like, it seems like I, I, this comes up a lot with women, which is kind of frustrating, but like childcare is expensive, which I understand because childcare workers deserve to be paid. It is a, it is obviously a very tough job. I can respect that. Um, and there's barely any government assistance, which is kind of mind blowing that we like subsidize other shit, but like, we don't subsidize like mothers <laughs> like, trying to like, like you want more women in the economy, but you want 
the population is declining. What the fuck do you want us to do? Like you just, you tell me, I mean, it's just such a tough position to be in, but anyway, it comes up a lot that a woman's job has to justify the childcare costs. So if the woman's job isn't making enough or breaking even with childcare, then the obvious answer is, okay, we'll just stay at home. Mm-hmm. She's saying she doesn't want to stay home, which I can respect, but I do want to just offer this as kind of a consolation thing, which is like, let's say the worst happens and you do hate this new job. It sounds like y'all can afford for you to quit temporarily while you get your ducks in a row and find something that's better suited to you. So yeah. I just want to throw that out there that like, I don't want you to feel trapped because as we know, I hate that feeling. I really hate feeling trapped, right? I hate extremes. I hate like, okay, we're here and this is the, this is it. And there's no way out. So I'm probably projecting here a little bit, but I just want to remind you that like, this is not the end all be all. And if this opportunity doesn't work out, that doesn't mean it was the wrong decision to leave. It just means you need some time to reboot and find the next opportunity, which sounds like it'll be around the corner because you have a decade of experience running a business without credit for it. Yep. Okay. So we're burning this bitch down. Oh yeah. I mean, always, but (laughs) specifically, yes. Specifically. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, okay. So like, let's, okay. So she's already, she's already, you got to quit your job and you got to start this new job. That's done. It's over with. How do you have that conversation though? Like, I'm not, I'm not good at that shit. So like, I feel like, do you like, I don't even know. I wouldn't even know how she would go about that conversation. I guess just like, do you think that the boss sees it coming? Like, do you think that she's going to be blindsided by this? I don't know. I don't really care. Does it matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I think the first thing to do is decide how much time and heads up you want to give this woman. I get that she is a gnarly beast in my eyes, but it seems like you still respect her. So figure out how much time she needs to get her shit together. I think a month is beyond generous. Please don't go over that. You don't owe her more than that. I know you think you do, but you don't. So I would say give her four weeks notice. I think a lot of people listening will probably disagree with me and say two weeks, which is also fine, but just know whenever you have the conversation, the clock starts. All right. It's Mm -hmm. like over from there. And people who are really emotionally immature might say, just leave now finish, like just pack up and go. I don't want you here. If you're not going to stay, be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that'd be kind of cool. Cause then you get some time (laughs) off. It's like, yeah. Um, and I think she's contractually still obligated to, uh, pay you out. So That'd be cool. That'd be very cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would like that. But basically do a mental timetable of when you like how much, what the buffer is going to be. And then I think if you want to be the bigger person, you go in and you thank her for the decade long time that you spent together for the skills that you've learned for the relationship that you've had. And then you say, um, you know, I wish I could stay, but I can't. Uh, another idea I had is come to her with a counter offer, right? Be like, all right, I just got offered X amount, which is probably two X what she's making. It's clear as day. This boss isn't going to pay her that, but at least she has the option, right? At least this letter writer can say, Hey, I gave you the option basically to buy me. But then Uh, I feel like, but that doesn't take, that doesn't, that handles the money aspect of it, but it doesn't handle the fact that she's been like basically manipulating her for 10 years, right? Like you can't change the fact that her boss is 
manipulative. No, but she, her. no, but she also stayed for 10 years. So I don't think you get to go in and be like, fuck you, you know, <laughs> after it's like, it was a two, like she wasn't handcuffing you to the chair girl. True. Like you chose to stay. So I think sitting here and like rubbing this in her face is not the right way. However, I think feeling guilty over it or letting it keep you up at night or having stomach pains over it is also not right. The answer, like, let's just call it what it is, have a breakup, move on and don't think about it anymore. And if she wants to overreact, that's on her. Like, here's the thing. She is entitled to this boss is entitled to do whatever she wants and focus on herself and focus on her own best interest. She's clearly not focusing on the employee's best interest, but that gives permission to me for the employee to be like, cool, I'm not going to worry about yours either. It's not like tit for tat, but it's just, that's how business is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Like that's why it's called business. It's supposed to be transactional. Mm -hmm. You're not supposed to feel like you owe a, a debt to your employer. You're supposed to have free will. Yeah. So to me, I just think it's best for you to give in your notice whenever you're comfortable. Thank her for the time you spent together. Explain that you simply can't afford to stay around anymore and that you want to continue to grow. You want to continue to provide for your family. You want to continue to, you know, elevate in your career and that those opportunities simply aren't available mm -hmm. where she currently is. And it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, technically it's not really personal, even though I think this boss can suck it, but <laughs> you know, if, if she wants to try and salvage a relationship, I think that's how I'd play it. Just yeah. professional kind. Thank you for your service type shit. And I'm off. Thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that plan. I think that feels good to me. Um, but yeah, I think change is scary. Yes, it is, but that doesn't mean you can't do it, you know, and that doesn't mean that really great things can come out of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm definitely not trying to diminish like an abuser and a abused relationship. I didn't want people to be like, well, if you're an abuse, you know, a victim in an abusive relationship, it's like, why didn't you leave that? I just don't think that's the same situation. Yeah. Here. No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Okay. Take I said that and I was like, Ugh. oh no, I literally did not even like, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even have that thought. I do that sometimes. I'm like, oh God, that was kind of an overgeneralization. I don't want people to extrapolate that to something serious. No. Yeah, no. no. I, didn't, I didn't catch that. You overgeneralize, you die. So anyway. <laughs> Callie's new shirt. I'm going to get her a shirt that says, <laughs> fill in the blank, you dead. You die. <laughs> you die. Um, okay. Elise. Don't even ask me. I have none, none quit your job, give her a hug, <laughs> send her a fucking fruit basket and get on your fucking way. That's okay. I, I feel like everyone's TLDR too long. Didn't read TLDL too long. Didn't listen. Just that was the perfect summary. Just, just like, get the fuck out. Send a fruit basket. Bye. Yes. Okay. Amen. Um, I think I, all I'm going to say is you need to do. Okay. Hold on. Change is scary. You need to do some real self-reflection here. One, I want you to figure out why it took 10 years to, to arrive at this point. Mm. I have a feeling it's because of your husband. Cause it says my husband is sick of it. I barely make enough to cover childcare, but I really don't want to be stay at home mom. He's tired of my boss taking advantage of me. Why 
why is it that your husband is advocating for you more than mm. you are advocating for you? I love that you married a supportive man. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it, but I would rather that come from you and then have him in the background, like snapping for you. Right. Mm. Um, So I would love for you to think on that. Why did it take this long? Um, I understand that it is sometimes really difficult to see reality when you are in in, in a healthy dynamic. So I'm not trying to shame you over like, why did you stay so long? But more of a non-judgmental, curious, why did you stay so long? Obviously there were good things and you can count those. And hopefully you can take that with you and not be super resentful of the time spent with this job. But I do want you to come up with some answers because that could be some clues as to why you're so change resistant Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe explore those. Second, I would like for you to start giving yourself some credit. Okay. I get that maybe you're trying to convince me here. And I, I guess I maybe agree with you that you've played it safe with your choices, but there's nothing wrong with that. And that doesn't make you any less resilient. Um, I have a taste for change, not because I think I'm brave and courageous, but because I'm flaky and a little antsy, (laughs) antsy in my fancy. Like I just like, if a place, I literally was like, if a place gets too messy, I'm like, Oh, let's move. (laughs) The idea of like deep clean gross. I mean, you know, like when things just get a little like, I'm like, Oh, time for something new is that the healthiest coping mechanism? Yeah. I'm going to say no. So I don't want you to idolize this whole change is best, I guess thing. And I'm weak because I don't like change. That's not true. Um, but I do want to get, start. I do want to have you start giving yourself some credit for the change that you have survived. Um, like Elisa and I said earlier that, you know, you said something cute, like she's walking through change with her head held high and her shoulders back. I'm like, Oh yeah. Broad chested. Like you're doing it. So why are you telling yourself that you haven't and that you can't mm-hmm. that's weird. So maybe, maybe she needs a life coach. Dare I say it? <gasps> she needs Like my role as a coach is I'm like the ultimate cheerleader. Like I sometimes hype myself up because I'm hyping my clients up too much. Like I'm like, I like leave and I'm like, I feel like I gotta do something. (laughs) Then then you really are. We write it on. Yes. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, you need someone in your corner who's literally going to pump you the fuck up. I had, I had a client this week who had a job interview and she literally scheduled a session with me literally the 30 minutes before her job interview. And basically all I did was like, who the fuck are you? You fucking got this. And it was like, so amazing because she went in there. She's like, I'm going to fucking crush it. And I was like, hell yeah, you are like, you need someone who can really just be your ultimate hype woman Mm -hmm. through all the things. And that's what she needs right now. I agree. I mean, it sounds like she's found that a little bit in her husband, but the thing about it is it's so different when you're married to it or it's close to you. And then you're like, are you just saying that because we share finances and you need me to like step the fuck up with what I bring home? Like, what's your motive here? I mean, not trying to say that's what your husband is doing, but you get it when it's too close to home. There are too many ulterior motives that you can think of. Whereas like when it's an objective person, like, we're not paid to lie to you. Like that's like not what you're giving us money for. We're here to tell you the truth and to help steer you in the right direction. And furthermore, 
we're here to help instill that in you. And that's my biggest red flag here is I'm not seeing the self-confidence of fuck my boss. She's taking advantage of me. I just got this job offer. How do I let her down? Like, you know, kindly or whatever. Yeah. You're so right. Like that's what really what I'd prefer to hear in this. And I'm not. So that is my advice is start giving yourself credit where credit's due and really reflect back Mm -hmm. on what's been holding you back. And maybe we need to work on some self-esteem. Maybe we just need to work on resiliency. Um, even though I think you probably have both those things, but it sounds like maybe we just need to pump them up. So those are my final thoughts. Love it. I'm not allowed to say final thoughts. Yes. I just don't respond well. No, no. Then, then Elise is triggered. Okay, guys. Um, okay. You know, y'all know the promo code bless you. Woo. And you know, the email to write us to, right? Bless you at joinblush.com. What I really, really need for you to do is rate us. At least how many stars would you like? Um, I would like 10, but I know five is the limit. So I'll take five. <laughs> we would love, okay. We know you're listening. That's the thing. We're not like creepers, but we do get some data. And so we know that you're listening. And I looked up today and I was like, we only have 20 reviews. What is this bullshit? And one of them was my husband. So we <laughs> So we really have 19. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we want you guys, please give us some ratings. Like I would like five stars. I think maybe we've earned it, but if you want to give us four, like, no, I, I don't like, accept. No, like, no, like we give, we give you our all. So if you could do us a favor, I mean, I, you rate on the podcast, like Apple app. I think there are probably other places to rate us. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. Do it now gross. I'm not going to finish that song. So just do it. (laughs) Rate us. (laughs) Like that's such a good song. I almost started singing. No, then I was like, Oh, stop. Now people are definitely not going to rate us high. We cannot be, we can, I don't click the explicit button Callie. So we got to keep it fucking vanilla. She's saying profanity when she was asking us to give her five stars. Okay. So go rate us now. Can't wait to see your little love notes because we love you guys. We just want to make sure that you love us back. Hopefully they do. Please love us. Okay. We will see you guys next time. We've got some guests coming up along the way. We're excited to bring them on. So stay tuned. We will have more episodes coming soon. Woo. Bye.